0: Wow, Robin's got my back and Robin listens to me. You know, Robin, I love you. You're a good dude, you're a good man. This is the start of something beautiful.
1: All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast where we dive in on love, lust, relationships. Psychology, philosophy, science, dating—all that kind of stuff—because it all matters and it all relates, and it's important that we understand it and have conversations around it. I'm excited for today's guest, and uh, I'm glad we connected. We met in—I um, think it was a social networking group—and it was—it was pretty influential to to a lot of the people that you know are in there. And so this is great for us to connect and have these conversations. And so Louis Huang—he's actually going to be running for mayor. It's i have never had a mayor, mayoral candidate on the show this before, so this is kind of exciting and to talk about these kinds of things especially in this time right now we're in such a really really interesting time and you know these this, these kinds of conversations need to happen so uh, i'm going to bring them back st- from backstage uh Lewis, thank you man appreciate you i uh, did you no know, serve. there's no justice in giving you a proper bio but i'll let you get into all of that in this conversation. But uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to have this talk.
0: No, this is fun, Robin. Thanks. Thanks for opportunity. All
1: right. So yeah, we were talking a little bit about air, uh, you know, and we're just gonna get right into it. Since we were talking a little some about my family, I want to get into uh, your family. And you know, are they are they good right now? Is everything in order? They're healthy? Nothing is paramount danger for, for you guys. You guys are doing okay?
0: Yes, yes. Thank you so much for asking, Robin. You know, family ultimately is the most important, so much appreciated. Uh, Yeah, everyone is doing well. My mom actually, and and truth be told, my dad was actually a little bit freaked out, you know, because we are so connected to China. My mom and dad's from uh, Guangzhou and we've got family in Hong Kong. We are exposed to so much information just because we have so many ties with a lot of my relatives, you know, my surviving, my last surviving grandma is still in China. And so we get a lot of that news. And actually the funny story was when this whole Wuhan situation really started blowing up, uh, it was in January and me and my wife were already, were visiting, we were vacationing in Guangzhou and then bam, they locked everything down. We were in the Hilton, Doubletree Hilton, it was just extremely surreal. Everything that happened that's going on here happened there first. You know, they they locked down the city everywhere we went, it was like a ghost town. So we got a, a crazy little sneak peek. Um, just because we happened to be the timing, you know, we took two weeks to go visit uh, my mother-in-law who's still in Guangzhou, you know, but we did see that people were pulling together, people were pulling through and we were, you know, I'm sure my parents were so freaked out even though they never really expressed it, they just kind of internalized it, you know, we saw everything firsthand and because of just all the policies that were in, everyone, you go to a Starbucks, you get your temperature checked that was just the the, the situation at that time and then probably I personally was most worried because we were flying on a plane back to lax flight attendants were kind of chill and at ease and they, they weren't super worried and that kind of put all of us kind of a little bit more at ease but uh yeah that was a long way to jump into you know i kind of i, kind of, I was kind of exposed no, to it uh, in january yeah. uh, but then my my parents have just been hunkered down and my brother's in vietnam uh right now for a couple months and you know everyone's everyone's doing good so Um, you know, we as a society, you know, keep pulling together and, you know, it's all about survival mode. You know, it's all about surviving.
1: And that's good to hear, man. Guangzhou, uh, that's actually funny you mentioned it because one of my, I have this, obviously, my pivot in in the quarantine was to create another business. And one of it was to contact suppliers and and they actually come from Guangzhou. So I'm actually in contact with with one supplier, actually, that we're going back and forth. Okay, and
0: always hustling.
1: Yeah, well. (laughs) You got to figure out things, right? I mean, we all, I I have a big mission to help a lot of people. And part of that is, you know, supplying that mission and sustaining that mission. And I can't do that without some sort of income coming in. And and so I always got to You know, kind of step out of that, and and this is gonna make for a good conversation because, like, we're gonna talk a little bit about this. But the whole capitalist mindset, like, I gotta get step out of that kind of for a bit outside of the business thing. We'll touch upon that a little bit, but I wanna dive in, um, you know, about kind of before you started running for mayor and things like that. Like, let's talk a little bit about your parents are your parents are good. They're all good. They came over to was it California right away or yeah, okay, and then you guys landed in San Francisco for
0: how long? Essentially, yeah, just just the whole time we've just been in San Francisco, um, you know, I grew up in San Francisco. It was was me and my brother. Uh, he was younger by two years. You know, the, the way I understood the story is, you know, my dad kind of did the whole immigrant, you know, it it was all about survival at that time, you know, and, and he was, he was new to the country. He had, he had some connections here and there, but, um, you know, some people say, Oh yeah, we came to America with a hundred dollars. Uh, my dad came to America in debt, he was in debt. <laughs> he came He came starting negative. He, he, he landed a practical thing. There was, you know, and it kind of goes to show kind of the type of person and his mentality. He went with the safe, in his eyes, a safe conservative choice, which is, you know, restaurants always need help. So that's where he landed first. You know, he started out, you know, probably just doing dishes and mopping the floors and then um, starting to learn how to how to how to cook and be a chef and kind of moved, moved his way up and the whole time just my mom I remember they were just doing all these odd jobs odd and ends jobs they would find like a white couple or a Chinese couple or a mixed couple and they're looking you know looking for someone who could make Chinese food so my mom would go on weekends or evenings and and, and do that and my mom would you know sew like they still had clothes made in america back then um, you know in the late late and early 90s late 80s and early 90s and she, you know i remember just her sewing away hours and hours and hours just doing whatever they could to make ends meet and try to raise uh two naughty chinese kids <laughs> in, in san francisco <laughs> so you had a you had an older brother you said or is it a younger brother he was younger he was younger yeah stephen oh, was younger. Younger Okay, cool. And you guys are cool, no, I was—I right? had to be the responsible one. He was the one who was always—I love it that I can call him out uh, to to all your audience. He was always the kid, always looking to have fun, and he was always yeah. like uh, trying to get my dad to get him Nintendos and Game Boys and all that, and you know, uh, and I was just—I was just enjoying life, you know. <laughs>
1: my brother would always say I have an older brother he would always say I'm the the more spoiled one he had to take all the beats from the parents and he had to go through all of the troubles and hassles while I had like everything handed to me and and so to say so i'm pretty sure you pretty 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 much feel the same way as well i think that's always been the dynamic inside of especially asian immigrant families and i'm sure not just asian immigrant but just immigrant families in general uh like you know that that dynamic always usually plays out they bring a little bit of their culture to to america and then um i like that dynamic. So okay cool you guys you guys grew up i guess in san francisco and then you guys found you found your way to was it san diego or somewhere near, more south, I guess?
0: Yeah, so I grew up and then went to high school in, in San Francisco, and, you know, was uh, was always, for, you know, somehow, you know, I didn't actually, I think I was told that, I because I, re- I have recollection and I have some memory, I think I first really started learning English in the second grade. Up until that, I was kind of like in the ESL class, or, you know, just my parents didn't, they, they didn't know English, so they they didn't teach that to me. And I was in that. And then somehow in middle school, one of my teachers thought that I had potential. They put me into like the honors level, and you know, I, math always kind of so that you know one thing rolled into another. I was in a in a very academically um, challenging. You know, they they really challenged us. Um, Lowell High School um, in San Francisco really challenged us. It was mostly it was like forty percent Asian kids. It was forty percent Russian and Jewish kids. Uh, You know, so there was quite a little bit of diversity there, um, but everyone was nerds. You know, everyone was just, like, super, like... Mm -hmm all about book learning and and, and and nerds but amongst all that it was also kind of an interesting you know again this is kind of like my whole interest in like psychology and sociology it kind of all you know i see all that you had the nerdy jocks <laughs> you know you had the nerdy art uh, drama kids you had the nerdy you know everyone was all these smart kids and well everyone ended up in like Stanford and uc berkeley and all that and i chose to go to san diego um, one because I fell I fell in love with campus, but also I just also wanted to just kind of like physically try to get away from my parents as much as I could. Shame to admit, but it was also like, well, it's San Francisco, it's still California, and it's like an hour and a half flight. I can always see them, or they can always have access to me. It wasn't like I was out in the East Coast, uh, East Coast, or New York, or anything like that. But yeah, that's that's where I end up for for for, for school. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah like cause San Francisco is
1: like the melting pot. I mean, that's kind of like why you see such a meld, like a melding of two different kinds of cultures and, you know, a lot of hippies there too. A lot of hippies grew up in, in San Francisco. And uh, so that movement was really prolific back there, uh, back then. So, and then you went to San, UC San Diego, which makes sense. Like, I mean, I went a little far South to leave my parents as well too. I mean, as soon as I got the age to leave, I was like, yeah, let me out. You know what I mean? Uh, long, long Long, long story there, but I ended up getting kicked up. But anyhow, so you went to UC San Diego. Uh, What did you major in there? It was, uh, you said engineering,
0: was it you were an engineering student? I did. Again, that was kind of like the confluence of making, you know, making certain decisions, making compromises. I think, I think 90% of life is about making decisions <laughs> one of the decisions that i listened to my dad was is he was he kept pushing us to do uh enge- to be engineers me and my brother so he he was mechanical engineering and i was ee um and i was like okay well i guess i'll give it a try but i hated it i just did not like you know microelectronics oh okay digital signal processing oh okay great it just didn't it didn't resonate with me so so not, you know, so on top of this, you know, I kind of made the decision to kind of take some econ classes because it was just like, okay, well, it was really just kind of like a survival mode too. Um, Cause really I was like, literally could not take all those engineering classes. If I, if I kept taking them, I was just going to go insane and really lose it. Um, so to speak. And so I was taking some econ classes uh, to help out. It was kind of, a really good decision because not only did I understand business, like, God, you know, money, it's so so important in in, in society and uh, so much, you know, such an important factor in in, in pretty much everything everyone does uh, that kind of led into other opportunities for me. But then I also, you know, did some poli-sci, you know, just did some political science, picked up some political uh, science courses. So I ended up double majoring. My second major was um, management science of economics. Which you know is just kind of a fantasy way of saying it's like the more technical focus of econ, uh, and then I did a I ended up with a minor in in, in poli sci just because again it was just my passion, and then on top of that I remember thinking back because I know this is kind of like the focus of your show I considered taking psychology courses I considered taking sociology courses and again these were just kind of like interests of mine I was just so interested in that type of research and learning about what makes society the way it is and what makes a person the way they are and you could probably get a lot of resources on getting those answers but for me it was like oh, well, maybe I you know it would be great if I could you know have a have a major but I was already double majoring and I was already five years in so it was completely insane. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, that's crazy. Um, but that makes for a really good politician, in my opinion, because if you have such a really well-rounded understanding of not just business, not just eco, econ, or not just social sciences it's it's you have a really broad understanding of a lot of why things work the way they do so it's like it's interesting to see you took a really engineering approach to life but then you hate engineering which is like you know kind of ironic in a sense but it's it's actually it, it works out for you because i mean you have such a like a like i said a broad understanding of like in a wide scope of of topics you can bring to the table as somebody who's running for mayors or somebody who's got you know you know this ambition to help people right and you have to know how to help them um and part of that is understanding you know the fundamentals and i and that's amazing
0: to to hear that i, that I really that. appreciate you robin for saying that i am not a politician you know i will push back on that every time someone brings that up because everything that i've been doing everything that you know if you if people follow my my instagram my social media uh, every time i talk to people I am not approaching it as, okay, I'm running for mayor, I am, no, this is Lewis Wong, and I'm trying to first learn about other people, and, and really hear people's stories, and that way, I've, I really, I've been having all these deep connections just beyond my imagination when I started, when I started my campaign a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think I'm on week three now, and, you know, politicians, are always finding the PC thing to say, or that they try to say stuff with that doesn't really, t- no, I speak entirely from the heart i am unfiltered Um, i think i'm really shaking things up in the political system really i am the the orange county you know a lot of people really connected in orange county are are really kind of taken aback by my approach because yes i'm running for mayor i'm gonna get tons of votes and i'm not even trying you know because i'm all i'm doing is i'm being myself i'm getting my message out and more importantly i'm trying to connect with people and let people know hey I have your back, whether I'm mayor or not, here's my phone number. Literally, I've been giving everyone my phone number, 415-999-6198, you know, the San Francisco number. That's the number I've always had. And I've been giving people strangers, but I give it to them because I feel like, Hey, you know, we're having a connection here. Now you're my friend and because you're my friend, I have your back, whether I'm mayor, whether I'm just a civilian, whether I'm just, you know, a, r- a regular guy and because I I get that connection with people you know I I don't even have to tell people to to vote for me I don't even have to tell people to lift a finger they everyone is doing everything they do um behind the scenes because they are my friends and I'm their friends so it's it's such a it, it, like I, I I I hit onto a, something magical here and 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 uh you know I I'm kind of getting emotional and spiritual and you know all kinds of stuff i've never felt before that it's it's no it's 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 a little wild you know and
1: yeah um, it's truly cathartic it's truly yes. cathartic for sure and um I'll, I'll i'll take that politician comment back for sure because i mean i'm for the record i know nothing about politics i never took soap poli-sci never like up here in canada like i know in america it's very like it's bipartisan everyone's like you know it's they look at you based on, you know, what side you're on. And then like in Canada, it's it hardly like that. I mean, the conversations of politics that you have up here, it's like, you know, with like old, like 80 year old guys in in, in wheelchairs, you would have conversations that like you don't have these these conversations amongst your friends, which uh, Americans generally do a lot. They do a lot, um, but Canadians, uh, we don't have these conversations. And so yeah, for the record, I, I have no idea, uh, you know, how it works in that kind of sense a little bit I guess thing and so I I classify anybody who's like running for some sort of office position or whatever as a politician and so let me get that clear no so let's clear that up and I love that and and so I appreciate that um so we we took we we took a little bit of dive into you know why it was important I guess for you to run you know as a mayor this way and so I'm just curious, you 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 you'd spent a little bit of time in corporate America though. You obviously yeah. have a job. Uh, Working, Yeah. And so there's obviously some, um, there's some parallels, but there's also some things that go against what you're trying to promote out there. And so, you know, talk to us a little bit about that struggle within, you know, I guess corporate America and then, you know, transitioning out of that mindset to, you know, make a difference because there's, I guess there's one way of doing business, right. So to say, and then uh, multiple ways of doing pulp, understanding like policy and things like
0: that. That's a good question. Let me, let me, let me see if I can try to, um, I guess, you know, for for your audience, you know, thing to know about me, I spent uh, I, so I used my I use my engineering degree and my and my business uh, background, and I leveraged that into a career in clean tech, um, renewable energy, solar energy. That was my way of trying to change the world. I don't know anyone who says, "Oh, okay, well, clean energy and solar energy." Oh, you know, like every you know, that's a positive thing for society. Everyone recognizes that. So that was you know, I was in a, I was lucky to be in a position because of my uh, my two degrees to 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 really do well in the corporate world. And I picked up a lot of things along the way. You know, I knew how to be a project manager. I knew how to delegate. I knew how to, you know, be a leader and manager and communicator and all this. I kind of learned along the way and really knew how I fit in in the corporate world. And, you know, if you can imagine the corporate ladder and, you know, me being, me being an Asian kid and me being who I am, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't always uh, the easiest thing to do. And, you know, not, 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 not only that, it was all, it was more than just skin deep. It was also kind of, there were people in my life that I've come across. <laughs> and One of them is my dad. Um, where regardless of how I try to explain it to him, um, you know, I, I try to explain it in Chinese. I try to use English. Like we are just not on the same wavelength. You know, we are just polar opposites. The way he thinks, the way I think, I, I try to convey it to him. And, and I, I I speak very clearly, but he just doesn't hear me because he just doesn't understand that mindset. You know, and I think you're, you're shaking your head a little. Uh, you're nodding <laughs> a little. Cause, cause yeah. You know, and that's where my wife, my lovely, my lovely wife, uh, who I've met uh, for six, seven years now, she is that bridge, you know, she jumps in and, and she understands my background and my what I'm trying to say. She listens very clearly, even though she pretends like she's not listening to me, but she listens to me and then she's able to communicate that and be the conduit and, and, and explain it to my dad that this is where Louis is coming from. So that's that happened in the workplace. You know, I have got bosses of mine that, you know, I'm like trying to do my best for the project. I'm trying to save the company money, all that. And they think I'm trying to ruin them, you know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, whatever I do, it's, it just does not click. It doesn't work. So um, I think, I think that's, you know, people, people who work, you know, office jobs or day jobs, or even just kind of day to day dealing with other people, you're just gonna, you're just gonna, face you know people that you're not going to be on the right wavelength and eventually what what i what i took away from that is just, you know i'm just gonna be myself i know i know myself i know my heart is in the right intentions and, and 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 everything i do i'm trying to you know i'm not trying to be mean or you know even though occasionally i'm like oh, I, I do something out of spite but you know that's kind of a good background into what I've been trying to do as getting back to your original question, Robin, my solution, you know, ultimately, you know, a day job is just a day job, but I needed something more I needed to do to be part of the solution, you know, and, and, and a tip for, for the young people out there. If you can nail that into a interview speech, you're going to get every interview that you want because all you have to do is speak from the heart and say, you know, Hey, corporate manager, I want to be here because I believe in your vision. And if you if, if you can speak honestly from the heart, no filter, you're gonna land 80% of the interviews, hands down.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And because we're at the end of the day, we're all human. We realize, you know, business has a lot of filters, and it's it's tough, you know, to to wear that corporate hat and then you know step into an interview with another human being for 30 minutes and you know still wear that corporate filter because at the end of the day. You know humans want connection we want to know oh how do we how are we similar right and what you've just said there is speak from the heart and that's how we're similar if if we really just think about it you know we all bleed the same color and so yes we're more similar than we are different and you know when you speak from the heart that's where everybody can resonate with you and it doesn't matter who you are what color what race uh and so that's beautiful that you mentioned that um okay so we talked a little bit about you know your growing up and and things like that. I want to get into your your personal relationships, right? And you can talk about your wife, you could talk about your family like you, which you already have, but you know what's one of the biggest relationships that's kind of shaped you? How how has that you know really really affected the way that you look at look at life and the things that you do now?
0: Oh by far my wife dude. <laughs> by far. Um, my lovely wife, I uh, she, you know, she and I were, we're not the same background. She grew up in China. Um, even though she's very, you know, because of her interests, she knows about American culture at as much as you could, uh, being, being not, not in it. But now she's been here for so many years. You know, she's, she's getting exposed to a lot of it. And conversely, I'm, I'm being exposed to a lot of Asian media as well. A lot of my past let's say my, my past romantic relationships, you know, I won't get into the details, but what I came out of those is a lot of times you might love someone and you might care about someone very deeply, but if they're not right for you, then no matter what you do, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. There's a level of compatibility and there were, there were relationships of mine that my significant other, they made me apathetic, for example. Some of them, I, I didn't feel inspired, it, you know, emotionally. I didn't feel inspired uh, physically, career-wise. There was, there was, you know, I just became stu- stuck in routine, you know. There's also the really negative, you know, I'll call them <laughs> relationships that I've also had where it's just toxic. And I became like jealous and insecure and, and all these negative things that I don't want to be. And ultimately, what I found out is... Man, you know, if if you find someone who cares about you, but then also there's that compatibility and, you know, trust and all that stuff. And ultimately, if you put into that relationship as much as you take out and sometimes even more, it could be a net sum. You know, and that's definitely what I have with my with my wife. You know, I uh, I call her Sa for short for, for short for her Chinese name, you know, Sa. She's brings out the best in me. She inspires the best in me and, and, and she makes me want to be a better person, better husband, better son. When we met, it was just like I caught on to something and I'm like I have to pursue it. And and I've never, you know, there's not, not a moment that I regret that because I know you know yeah okay we have our problems we have our fights but at the root of it it's like we have that foundation and we have that trust and we have that love and everything and that's what's going to keep our relationship so strong What what's something that she always has to remind you of or like
1: what's something or not remind you of per se <laughs> <digest>. makes- <laughs> 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 well Well, I mean, okay, so, okay, do the dishes and then, and then what is it, what's something else that like she always tells you to do, like for yourself or like, or even for the other world, like something that she reminds you of, like, you know, you got to, I guess, with your dad, let's say, right? Like, what's, what's Hmm. something that she she always reminds you of that you need to be with, you know, other people or with other, with other parents, because I mean, women are really great relation people, like they, they are very relational in their instincts, that's what they know. So I'm always curious to know what she always reminds you of, uh, to be in, I guess, in these types of relationships. Cause like, when I think about it for myself, like, obviously my, like I have the same kind of issues with my parents where I'll say something and I'll be eloquently speaking it and perfect whatever it's just it doesn't land with that part of what i have to do is you know understand that they just they grew up in a completely different generation so instead of trying to force my opinion on that it's like you know i gotta like
0: lower my agreeableness down a little well, bit you, for you know what's funny robin i didn't really discuss my political career right as a as a politician <laughs> I, I i never i never discussed that with my parents And my wife just happened to be part of the ride and truth be told they are not with it they do not understand what i'm trying to do they don't like politics they don't like you know they think it's a dangerous game they think i'm gonna end up like a hit shot by the mafia or something crazy um and still, they and this is kind of where my parents, with their background and their last 30s odd years of of surviving, of of trying to be in that survival mode, um, they're still stuck in that rut. I had to bring up a quote from um, Hassan Minaj, part of his Netflix uh, Netflix special. He threw up. He's like, "Oh yeah, people of our parents' generation, they were always all surviving, but our generation is all about living, right?" And that's where that could, there's going to be that structural difference generational uh, uh, difference and one thing highlighted is last week i just asked them a simple question you know we were having a very spirited discussion and they think i'm off my rockers and they think i'm having a mental <laughs> breakdown i asked them i was like okay ignoring everything else i just want to know if your friends told you tomorrow right one of their, one of our close family friends said hey lewis wow did you hear about him he's n- he's now the mayor and, and and my parents heard that. I, I wanted to know what their reaction was. And their reaction was, we don't like it. I don't like it. That's not good. <laughs> it's like, I wish I want to learn. I want to know a little bit more about that. But that, that kind of tells me enough to know that that's where they're coming from. Lucky for me, you know, they love me dearly, 100%. I love them 100%. This is just something that I have to do because running running for political office getting my message out trying to trying to instill a little bit of peace and love and understanding you know all this craziness going on in the world i'm let's let's move beyond that let's go to a point where we can just come together as recognizing okay, I'm Lewis. I want to get to know you, Robin, and I want to get to know all my neighbors here. And I don't care if you're in Irvine, I don't care if you're American, I don't care if you have a green card, you're trying to get a green card. No, I've been having these st- deeply personal conversations just because I have the opportunity, I go up to them and say, hey, I'd love to meet you. My name is Lewis. I'm tr- uh, I'm going to be uh, running for mayor. And then I use that platform to really dive into people. And if people are willing to kind of put down their guard a little bit, you know, put down their armor and really expose themselves to me, you know, we've been conditioned by society that we have to be, you know, strong and, and independent. And we have to be all this and all this when really I feel like we are much stronger when we strip all that BS away you know it it doesn't matter you know what color you are what background who, who you love who you choose to be you know ultimately you are you as a special person right Robin you you are special and 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 I recognize that in you and because we are having this conversation and we are all involved in this I can feel that, you know, wow, Robin's got my back and Robin listens to me. And that's how we kind of build a movement, you know, instead of having politicians that really they care about themselves and they care about Mm -hmm. them being mayor or governor or whatever. No, you know, forget all that. Really, just forget about that. Let's strip it down to the most basic form and let's be humans and let's be personal. And if there's change that comes out Mm of it, wow, you know, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, I love that. And I, you know, I don't want to, I guess, downplay any of what you're saying. It's a, is actually a really good thing. Like one of my ma- one of the mayors in Toronto, John Tory, he's actually he, he embodies what you're saying there. And he takes a lot of these conversations to the streets. So you'll see a lot of these broadcasts of him, uh, you know, having these conversations with people on the street level, which we rarely see, because if you don't, Then technically, you're just all about for yourself, and I think that's the parallel that I'm seeing here with you. And I can't commend you enough for having that attitude, because you know that's something that people want, right? Especially in a city like Toronto, we're like we're we're also like a melting pot. Um, If you want to compare San Francisco to us, um, it's been done. New York as well, and it it happens with that because yeah, we're just so diverse here. We're so accepting of everybody else's culture we're so just empathetic towards the struggle the just the immigrant the immigrant struggle in general whether it be from you the Middle East or you're from Asia or you're from you know you're African it doesn't really matter for for us we, we all understood it and 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 that right there um I think it humanizes all of our issues and when we can come to that, understanding that yes not everything has got to be like so rigid and not everything has to be so serious all the time and you know to the point where we got to bloody kill each other um that's that's when we got to draw the line as human beings as a culture as a civil like as a modern civilization and you know fight these fight these things because there's a there's an evil underneath all of this that can consume us right and so man I love uh, we went really deep on that I appreciate that Uh, I just want to take you to a bit of the show where we get to know you personally a little bit even though I feel like we've already done that but it's a little bit uh, of a rapid fire type of thing so I'm going to ask you like five random questions if you're cool with that I like it all right um if you could be any animal in the world what animal
0: would it be and why tiger i'm a year to tiger i believe uh there is some uh, spirituality with that um and you know i love the i love the idea of a tiger being powerful being fierce you know being a being an asian kid in san francisco in, in 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 america that identity of power you know having people respect you for for that that was something that I strove to get to get achieved, especially because I was a, you know, fr- freaking 16, 17 year old, uh, skinny kid, right, occasionally uh, pushed around in the locker room. So Tiger. Yeah, man. Um, for sure.
1: I definitely feel you on that. I grew up playing sports as well, too. So it was hard for an Asian guy because it was, you know, you're usually the only guy in the locker room. And so it's you were easiest to pick on. So yeah, for sure. I definitely feel that. Um, where, uh, what is your favorite book or
0: is there something that you're reading right now that you'd like to share with us? Oh, man, I haven't read a book for so long. Uh, but the, <laughs> the most ones that have been most impactful to me is Five Languages of Love um, taught me so much about reading people's love languages. If, if, mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship and, and, and you're having problems, um, man, Five Languages of Love, you have to read their language and they have to read yours. Um, uh, some some sociology books, uh, Guns, Germs, and Warfare, I think, is one. It's like this thick. Um, the Jungle, uh, I think, it's called The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. It was a really um, really eye opening book in the early nineteenth century, nineteen uh, hundreds. Um, I think it was like I want to say it's like nineteen seventeen or something. And it really brought together in in very stark fictional terms how tough it was to survive. And it was about this this immigrant family trying trying to uh, raise a family, and they were at this meatpacking plant. Uh, man, that, that 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 book really um, really sucks, set for me my political views, which is oh man, we really gotta do better to take care of those who don't have a voice, you know, and that's kind of. It goes back to my whole campaign that's you know i'm trying to empower people and trying to give people a voice that has never been that's never had a voice and no one's ever listened to them before so um yeah those rapid fire those are those are a couple books off the top of my head love that man
1: yeah that's a question for me i'm definitely i wrote that one down for sure um okay so once obviously when quarantine is over and borders open up and all that uh where is there where where do you want to go like
0: for vacation just, just chill out travel nice uh uh, my brother's there i haven't seen him uh in a while i i I love him Stephen. i love you uh even though (laughs) i hate you i still love you Stephen. i i haven't visited vietnam that was one of my business ideas was trying to help uh expats uh like my brother um because expats are already leaving the states in droves and and my idea is well let's let's try to help people you know, let, let's find that uh, sheltered Asian kid or sheltered American kid. And they're struggling. You know, they're making twenty dollars an hour in their office job. And, you know, it, it's 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 tough paying rent. Rent is, you know, twelve hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, something insane. Well, shoot, here's Vietnam. It's three hundred dollars for Airbnb for the whole month. And you can leave anytime you want. Food is a dollar, literally a whole nice rice plate of chicken and, and vegetables and a, a little soup is a dollar American, you know. It, it's like it's like a it's like ten thousand Viet Dong or something. But like it's, it's just completely insane, and people can do that. They you know if they if they can find even a little bit of income, you know, they can do graphic design, they can teach, they can, you know, any type of income. If like four hundred dollars a month is not difficult to cover, you yeah. know. It's, you know, the opportunity is there, and, and, and some people just need to need, need a little bit of push in the right direction. And, and that's what I'm hoping to do with, with, with my, side, my side hustle. Yeah, I love it. I
1: love how you're tying all of these rapid fire questions into, you know, your, your personal life. And I love that. So, um, is, is there somebody who you would like to speak to that has passed away right now like and have a conversation with? And it? it doesn't have to be a dead celebrity or anything. Um, it could be someone from your family, but is there someone who you could speak to that's passed away right now?
0: On, on a personal level, probably my grandpa. I've only met him a couple times in my life, and we have a, a, a bit of a language barrier, but I just want to hear him talk and hear his story and, and, and mm-hmm. a part of me. I do miss him, uh, you know, and, and so for uh, it's, it's also true for some of my other ancestors. I, it really connects me to them, and it also helps me understand my dad a little bit more. Um, but on a more like, like, brainy level, um, you know freaking, I love to talk to Einstein for 10 minutes. <laughs> I love to talk to Nikola Tesla for 10 minutes. There's so many great people, um, in so the many world. great minds. And, I know it's yeah. hard, it's hard and, to pick, right? <laughs> yeah, and and, and but, but there's so many great minds now, you know, and 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 people are always there's so many. We have access to so many books and so many podcasts and so many great things, you know, people. There's going to be a kid out there, right, who stumbles upon this, this this podcast, and 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 if there's one thing I can inspire to know is play less video games, man, less video games. <laughs> go out, have some fun, enjoy sports. But every once in a while, you know, once a week, just listen to a podcast. Just expose yourself to a new book or a new song from the '70s that that that, that you've never heard about. You know, try to expose yourself to something different and not just be stuck in your own empathetic self please you know you have so much power in your hands
1: yeah i love that man i i could i could have definitely used that i mean i i never really played video games but you know i went so far into the other side where i just only thing i did was read video sorry was read documentary or read books and read and, and just watch documentaries and stayed away from mainstream media and i just that's all i did and i was like no video games, nothing, and that could be a lonely time too. So you know that that advice holds well for anybody on any extreme. So
0: ah, about it's, that. yeah, it's all about balance, right? You know, you you, you still gotta balance. You know,
1: <laughs> and that yeah. made me not have too much fun, and so for sure. Oh, uh, I I
0: I this is this is an old phone from four years ago, and it still works. Freaking stupid shitty samsung but i i downloaded um animal crossing and me and my wife you know freaking the pocket whatever game it is that was out for like three years that's like a, a fun little way for me and my wife to connect and and we're always like strategizing In way, yeah. most money out of it it's uh bells actually that's that's the, that's the thing but you know every everyone's got to find that balance and 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 you know for me i i i grew up with a lot of privilege really you know uh, being able to do what I do and has led me up to this point, you know, kind of speaks to me having a little bit of that privilege that uh, unfortunately millions and millions around the world just do not have access to. And, you know, I, I can't, what do I choose to do with my privilege, with my free time? Well, I'm going to try to, you know, build a movement. I'm going to, you know, read a book and in researching uh, your show you know, Robin, I kind of caught some of your older podcasts and got to got to really know Brian Pham. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, master That's at we a. Met. A. yeah, master Asian. Yeah. Gavin had a really uh, really good talk, really really deep uh, relationship talk, and you know, all these things I've 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 always thought about and always been exposed to, but it's never until until an expert uh, like them really you know, verbalizes it, it kind of it sinks in a little bit more deeper and kind of makes, hopefully, the tension is it makes me a better person. So that's kind of <laughs> a, something I appreciate um, out of this situation, Robin. For sure. Podcasts have helped me immensely,
1: immensely. And you know, that's kind of why I positioned myself here. And so I'm glad you caught that and shout out to Brian and, and the Asian Hustle Network. Um, I think they're like 55,000 people deep, they got a goal of hitting 1 million. So yeah, if you're Asian, and, and you got a hustle going on, then, uh, you know, DM one of us and we can get you the link to, to join. Um, okay, last question of the random five is do you have any weird eating habits? Do you ever get called out for anything? Like, why are you eating it this way? Or why? You, why do you have to do it like that? <laughs>
0: I have this. This gets deep, really. You're, I hope your audience is ready for this. I eat hamburgers with a fork and knife, and I have a little bit of. I have a little bit of phobia with getting my hands dirty. That's a little bit of a OCD thing that I only me and my. If I have the opportunity, I will eat a hamburger with just my with the fork and a knife. That's hilarious, and, and, it is, and it is. I trust you. It is a sight to see. <laughs>
1: man that's hilarious okay we' we're, we're definitely gonna go eat some burgers if we ever meet and uh, that's, uh, <laughs> this is hilarious um okay that brings us to the end of the random five man uh, I just want to take a little bit of time to acknowledge you actually you have a you have a really big heart man you're you really i can feel the empathy inside of you and you know you really care for the people around you not just like the people like in your direct vicinity like I can tell you know you have love hate relationship with your brother but you love the guy to death and you know that it, it resonates with me because you know that's exactly how i feel everyone else should be and in, in a time like this it's very hard to come together like that but you're 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 setting such a great example uh to to us and me and everybody else listening to the show that uh you know how how we should embody life not just politics or business or you know none of that because all that is surface level what i find from you is you keep relating back to the the commonality of of us being humans and then having a heart and which i actually i just want to acknowledge you for that and how can people support you for sure man uh how can people support you where are you hanging out um and what's next for you
0: man robin this is this has been so this this hour has just got you know flew by we're just two guys just having a conversation heart to heart and 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 you know your, your friends and my friends have a kind of a sneak peek into uh into into just you know i really appreciate it because you know i say you know peace and love and some people would just roll their eyes and they just don't i could talk about their their privilege and their background and their insensitivity and the, they lack that empathy i don't really believe it it's just they put up that guard you know, they put up that, that that facade and they have to be tough. And, you know, that's, that's how they've succeeded. You know, they might be really successful in business and all that. And it's because they never gave a shit about anyone else. And they had to, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world. Well, I'm sorry they felt that way. It doesn't have to be, it, it, you know. Philosophically, it doesn't have to be. I I will keep reaching out to them because I know they're 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 good people, and I know they have a good soul. Um, you know, in 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 the in the not, not 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 just the religious sense, but the emotional and psychological sense, I know there's good in them. I know there's good in so many people. One one conversation that I brought up was, you know, listen, you know, yes, the mayor of Irvine is 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 kind of a cold-hearted, you know, B, but but the situation is well guess what you know if i saw someone on the street if we saw someone on the street right and let's 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 say for the sake of discussion because it's important let's say he looks like a homeless man and maybe he looks drunk right like everything around our society says oh man you know that's that you know we can put a lot of blame on that individual but ultimately the decision that we as a society have to make is you see a man in trouble and maybe he's dying. Let's say he's dying. Do you reach out and uh, do you flip out your phone and make a call to 911 or will you walk by and literally not give a crap about that beautiful life um, and, and 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 just having him die right there on the street? Well, I swear to God, nine times out of 11, 99 times out of 100, I'm reaching out to that person who will make up that phone call. So yes, you know, we can say all the stuff about about politicians and about people in corporate world and all kinds of stuff. But no, I, I I know there's humanity because if you can really tell me that you're gonna let that person die, well, unfortunately you already lost your part of humanity. I will just divorce myself from you because you're no longer a human being. But ninety nine people out of a hundred. Will pick up a phone call and at least make a call to nine one one, and that is who I'm trying to reach out to, and that's who I'm trying to connect. So, my, my you know, this is about building a movement. Find me on Facebook. Uh, call, call me, text me. Um, you know, I got my Facebook, I got my Snap. You know, if 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 the young kids out there uh, want to be on TikTok and we can do a duet, you know, <laughs> do a little dance duet, and I can show off my, you know, the the dance move that that I've been working on to try to be mayor. Um, you know, people are going to do whatever they want. Uh, and there's no changing that. You know, I know that because uh, I keep telling my wife to to do certain things and she will just not listen to me. just people will not listen. But if you inspire people and you tell them, Hey, you know, this is what you could do. You have so much power out there. You know, people are going to do the world because because ultimately it's it's all about it's all about humanity it's about our society it's about coming together you know robin i love you you're you're, you're a good dude you're a good man this is the start of something beautiful and this is the start of the mu- movement and it's it's called the human kindness movement and and it, it right now it's just you and me and and we gonna expand it <laughs> all right
1: appreciate that man okay so i will put all of that in the link so you guys can uh get a hold of Louis and, and connect with him deeper, uh, you know, beyond this podcast as well and, uh, connect with him and support his mission. If you guys are in California, then, uh, you know, in, and you're in San Diego, then, you know, hit him up. He's got his phone number and text him and stuff like that. So I uh, appreciate that, man. Um, I'm going to take you to the last part of the show. And the last part of the show It's because that's where a lot of people find me. Actually, a lot of people find me through divorce, separation, a heartbreak, you know, and you alluded to some some tough relationships. So I, I'm, I'm curious to know what your opinion on this would be. Um, but, you know, a lot of people find me in, in these little ruts of their life, and they're heartbroken, and they don't know what to do. Sometimes it, people don't know what to say to them. And, you know, they just need a little kick in the pants, let's say. What's something you could say to somebody who's going through a heartbreak right now?
0: Don't suffer alone. There's no need to suffer alone. And, you know, I I think because of society and because of gender roles, this is going to work, you know, this advice is already going to be taken by by the females in the the audience. But, you know, but really, it's it's it doesn't have to do with gender, because Cause you can you can't, you know, and I listened to I forgot her name, but one of one of the people you interviewed, and they said, Yeah, the first time you interviewed me, you know, I couldn't, you know, because it's a situation, I couldn't tell people about my divorce or going through my divorce, and I couldn't talk tell people, well, yes, that's a very specific situation, but I think whenever possible, reach out to people who love you. There's lots of people who care about each and every one of us. And so, and the way to do that is by letting your guard down and really trusting that they will have your back and they will they will be there for you, you know whether it's a, a shoulder to cry on, whether it's just a hug. Whether it's talking out and giving you solutions and options and, you know, or, or, or if it's like a close family member and they, 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 they want to give you advice or they have a family law lawyer or friend that they want to introduce you to, you know, people do not need to suffer alone. It, that, that leads to a dark spiral, you know, seek help and open yourself up to being loved, really at the, at the root of it and i I've, I've certainly been there where I, I i suffered my own and you know no one no one really knew the anguish and 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 heartache you know it was you know the pain was just so difficult but because of society and you know because of those stupid hollywood movies and everything we're exposed to you know like no oh, that's all throw that all away you know it's garbage live life by living it feel feel your emotions really connect it really trust and your emotions are are leading you to a good spot and expose yourself to it. Love that, man,
1: appreciate you.
0: Yeah, love it, bro, that was beautiful. Louis Wang.
1: thank you, man. Thank you for coming on the show.